0: My biggest son was Squirtle for Halloween. Sure. Sorry,
1: that sentence, I shouldn't have put a pause in there
0: because it makes it sound like
1: I weird, adopted yeah. Squirtle. No, it sounds like you measure your children not by age but by size.
0: Yes. My biggest son was well, approximately one Squirtle high. <laughs> and, okay, got uh, it. It was, squirtle, it was it. He was Squirtle for Halloween. and, um, and We you stand. Know. What? We stand. We stay Halloween <laughs> or my son or Squirtle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. So in his class, they had like a class Halloween party. Uh-huh. Uh, and there were a few other kids in his class that were dressed up as Pokemon. There was, there was, a, there was, a, Char- there was a Charmander in there and there's a couple of Pikachus. And it, my my wonderful son, who is so experienced with this franchise now, um went up to one of the pikachus and was like hey man stay away from me because mm-hmm. you're electric type yep and i'm not trying to get a super effective attack over here but the charmander you better keep away from me man because I, I might hydro hydroblast blast you and uh then and then that would be super effective none of the kids had any fucking idea what he was talking
2: they about. don't know about type uh, strengths parents,
0: parents i am begging you <laughs> i am begging you parents you have to show your kids this. You have to teach that it is stolen valor to have your children dress up as Pikachus and Charmanders and not tell them the basic... Listen, Griffin. if you get confused Griffin. about, like, is fighting strong against fairy or is it the other way? That's fine. That's a new type. I get it. Water and fire, though, guys? It's basic Griffin. Electricity and water, though, guys?
1: Griffin, There's a you need to do something. It's a little experiment. You need to go into that class and look around at all the kids and see if there's a Poindexter. Because if there's not a Poindexter, like a dweeby a kid, you. you mean? Yeah, what I'm saying is you're setting up your boy to be the Poindexter. No, you that, look that I would the class I, and I, see I, if listen if your kid's the Poindexter. Exactly. And, I, and, 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 and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have to look inwards at, at your I, own bloodline.
0: You are thinking of this in 1999 terms. Uh-huh. Yes. I can say pretty confidently this this exercise you're telling me to do would have proven true for yours truly back in nineteen. <laughs> sure, If, sure, if sure, I went sure. in and I was like, "Hey, you guys, uh, you guys filled out the old Pokédex yet?" I would get pan- I would get pantsed. But it's 2023. Everybody's into fucking Pokemon and Pokemon cards. Yeah, that's My true. Son no. is in a is oh. in a seat of of great power now.
2: Yeah, you, uh, ignorance is not to be applauded. Yes, but also like they're
1: into the music. They're into the look. They're into those foil cards, right? They're not over here being like, they- they go, let me get out my spreadsheet." Like it's that. It's yeah. It's it's a shame. It's I'm not asking for that level <laughs> okay, of commitment.
0: So you I'm not what? asking for that level of commitment. I don't care if you want no. You you don't have to have a team of six level one hundred Pokemon like my incredible son. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you, sure, sure, sure. Just sure, sure, but sure, sure. teach your ch- just to show your t- children. At least teach them the basic elements. You know of when, type matchups. When
2: I was learning the multiplication tables in whenever grade that was, they gave me like a grid like thing that you hold, and when you push the like little squares, it showed you what the you know multiplication combo was. Yes, that seems like we need to make that just for oh, these kids. Oh,
1: I misunderstood.
2: Yeah. What you're calling for is a national
1: standard in Pokemon. Yes, and that Common Core. They will-
2: Pokemon Sure.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. That actually, I think, <laughs> is right.
3: Griffin had promised us a brief cold open, but suddenly it was a story about his son, and it was going on longer than anybody thought possible. An
0: alo- the so, pages so, okay.
3: were wrong. I knew to get to the dark place, I had to go deeper and ask more questions about Pokemon, even if it cost me everything. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the
0: week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of
1: twenty. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Ross Prusher, and I know the best game of the week.
3: Welcome to Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in the dark place, and in how the words shift to make the stories are powerful. And this is a video game club, and just by listening, you're a member. Today, we're going to be talking about Alan Wake 2. Can that be right? I feel like it's been 13 years since the last one of these came out.
1: Thereabouts. Yeah. Chris? Alan Wake, he's back. But this time, he bought a friend. It's bigger. It's better. It has that sweet, sweet epic money and direct line to the Unreal Engine. So Alan Wake doing his Stephen King, John Carpenter riff, but now with actual financial support. And we'll talk about it more after the break.
3: To get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just fifteen bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to fifteen bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Who else I hope?
0: I, I'm sure I know the answer to this question, but who else had to watch a story recap of Alan Wake 1 and Alan Wake's American Nightmare?
2: Uh, okay, so I, I would consider myself, I think unquestionably, the most dedicated Alan Wake fan in our quadro. What is that called with four people? Quartet. Quartet. Quadro. A quadro. A quadro. And... I one hundred percent. That's actually
3: the nickname. Hey, are you listening to Besties? Nah, babe. It's the Quattro. That's what <laughs> I call him now. Poor yeah. guy. It just use like a Shick
2: razor marketing term to describe <laughs> yes. us. There are so many That's blades fine. in this podcast. We are open to that
3: promotion if if Schick wants to give us more. uh
2: I, Even though I am the most dedicated fan, there is no question in my mind that I would have not remembered eighty percent of what happened in the first game. But it's not just the first game. As you. Uh, American Nightmare also and the DLC for the first game and Control, which has like huge impactful revelations that have direct implications on this game. So, yes, you need to watch a recap. You will be lost even if you consider yourself a fan.
3: I I watched Sam Lake recap. That's a very good one. IGN did a good job on it. That was a pretty good video. It was supposed to be a five-minute recap. It went 16 minutes. That tells you literally everything you need to know about Alan Wake and and Remedy
0: and Sam Lake. It is preposterous that it is not included in the game. It is outrageous that they do not include a plot recap of... Of the story so far well, in this fucking thirteen years
3: later. The sequel. thing, the thing that I sort of was reminded playing this and and watching the video is that I think it's kind of different for a lot of these things in that it does not attempt to the game the the storytelling and the plotting and all that is very dreamlike. Like it's not mm. trying to map one to one onto. A linear story that you can just like write down it's it's about inducing that sort of like dream logic and dream state as you're playing so I feel like watching recaps I feel like is a little hard to get back to like that dream logic that Alan Wake employs
2: more so than even like Kojima and I think later in the show we'll talk more about like Kojima stuff but Kojima by and large maybe less so in Death Stranding but most of the Metal Gear Solid games is trying to tell a linear, somewhat cogent story. I think he just really, really struggles with it. This is intentionally like circuitous and dreamlike is a good way to describe it. Such that you're right, like and hand wavy.
3: I mean, pretty hand wavy. I feel like a lot of times, like it, it. I don't think it necessarily is hiding that. Yeah, no, fact I that think it's, it's all sort of like. Yeah. I mean, there is a bit where Alan Wake's like, and that what happened. That's what happened. And the police officers air fume him are like, What the fuck <laughs> are you even saying? <laughs> Let me back up. So you're Scratch, but Scratch is also the dark <laughs> the dark uh, presence. Uh, yeah. They're interchangeable. He you looks- know what's
0: funny? Is I feel like what prepared me for this game better than the recap was just watching all of Twin Peaks. Uh in I mean, the yeah. intervening period since the first game's release. Uh, because it's just it is that
3: it's the, it's that yeah.
0: like Way more than I think I uh, appreciated when I played I, the first Alan Wake before watching Twin Peaks.
1: I wanna, I wanna circle back to all of the inspirations, but before we do that, we should probably give people a baseline of like what the game actually is. Like, oh man, let me do. try. Go for it. Yeah, let me go, go ahead. Try. Uh, Alan Wake or Alan Wake Two? Alan Wake Two, please.
3: <laughs> okay. Alan Wake, Alan Wake Two is. The follow-up to the last Alan Wake game, the important thing you need to know is that Alan is an author who is creating a reality around him that also seems to be – that seems to be guided by his storytelling. He is trapped in this ephemeral area called the Dark Place that's sort of like between realities. Um, It overlaps with our reality. In some places, he's trapped. He's trying to write his way out like Hamilton – Meanwhile, there is a <laughs> FBI agent named Saga Anderson who's uh following a lead on a serial killer, uh, but that lead uh is connected uh to uh Alan Wake. Yeah. And in searching for him, uh she she manages to sort of unearth him from the dark place, and the two of them have to work together to stop Alan's evil double Mr. Scratch from you know. Messing everything up. And 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 I would say
2: that the, you do play, like the actual gameplay is a third person, like survival horror game. Um, You play as both characters, Alan Wake and Saga Anderson. um, And you're kind of deciding from chapter to chapter which character you're going to play as. But the story of Saga Anderson is directly affected by the writing of Alan Wake. So in a way, he is kind of controlling both stories, it, again, it, 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 to to try to describe this in a cogent way in a short period of time is next to impossible. But from a gameplay standpoint, the closest analog that I would make would be something like uh, the Resident Evil Two remake, or even the Resident Evil Four games, where it's a mix of like third person, like there's some action combat stuff, but a lot of puzzles, and honestly, way more narrative than either of those games. I yeah. actually think this game is like. 60 to 70 percent narrative and like 20 percent action and then 20 percent yeah puzzle solving like you can't go into this expecting an action game it's actually way less of an action game than the first alan wake was and way more of a narrative game both characters have mind palaces but even more important than the mind palaces
1: they have effectively like pin boards where you yeah. have to arrange the story or just like let the game know that you've figured something out by pinning it to this board in the right spot and yeah. that is like very visual novel-esque and you quite literally through key parts of the game cannot progress until you do that um, i like that system yeah. a lot. i'm a
0: big fan of the proliferation of evidence board <laughs> Mm. Uh, uh sort of as a um like storytelling device, I feel like it's happened a lot uh we just talked about it in Assassin's Creed with the sort of like investigation board thing there i I like it It is weird that there's two different ones, one for each character, and uh agent Anderson's is like a, a proper like investigation where you're putting clues on like lingering questions and then Alan wakes is like. <laughs> A, a sort of plot board that is completely nonsensical that you can use to change, uh, the environment
2: around you. Uh, it, they feel like two completely different, the, uh, but I, are, mean I mean, they like are like, he's, though. he's brainstorming a story. That's like the background premise of his mind palace where she's trying to solve murders. So when he's brainstorming as you would, it's like, okay, we have this scene. It's a subway station. It's the middle of the night. What's going to happen in this scene? And Alan can change depending on like things he's discovered, info he's discovered. He can say, "Oh, there was a murder that happened here," or "Oh, this is where the cult tried to perform their ritual." And by here's, making here's those a way choices, that. that'll unlock um, new paths within those environments. I, I think that sound can sound like
1: uh, almost impossibly complicated. The w- clever way that they do that for Alan is there are effectively rooms that you can go into and when you're in those rooms you click on again like whatever the thing is so it's like i want the cult version of this room i want the missing author version of this room and then it will change that in the rest of the environment from what i can tell not as much changes other than kind of like the art design so you are moving the story forward by taking that that writing this gets even different more so the rooms will have different items in them and different uh, ways to get out of them yes the mechanical version of this and then there's another reality changing mechanic called the clicker <laughs> which is a light that's that not you a clicker absorb light sorry huh? sorry
2: to be an alan wake snob but that that's is not the, lamp. the clicker that's the lamp. oh the, sorry the lamp thank you no he the, the clicker, clicker is turns what? the lamp on yes <laughs> the oh my clicker gosh. is an, another object entirely that
1: we won't thing. even get yep. into <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, I well, I won't even. It's so hard to talk about this game without spoiling it.
2: I I I think that like gets us in a good place of like kind of the mechanics. Like you're again solving puzzles. You find guns. You find ammo. uh, Healing items. Saga's
3: doing the fact, and Alan Wake is doing the fiction.
2: No, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. If you see if you nice. see something on her board, it
3: is true and you know it's true. With a with a game like this, that's actually really helpful. It, There's no bullshit on her
2: board. I, it's it, just real crap that it, isn't
3: about dreams or Alan Wake's dumb
2: books. Okay, but here's here's the problem. The stuff on her board is being impacted by the stuff that Alan is writing. Right, but we can in understand her, that to be true as as much as in
1: anything is true, the things on her board are true. In her like world, they are, they are true. In Alan's right. world, they are
2: knowingly yeah. not true. Speaking as someone that's a little bit further in the game, I will say a big part of what is going on on her board becomes what is true and what is false, and no one is entirely sure. So it gets I think as I, messy I think, as you think it might in hearing that. <laughs> I'm going to plant the flag here
0: and say this is where we stop trying to decipher the the plot of this game. I, I think folks get now that it is a a a very complicated.
1: Uh, I'd watch a recap. It help. Watch that Sam Lake, Lake so, recap. He'll get you there. Yeah. 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 With with all that, I do want to go back now to Griffin. What you're talking about with the Twin Peaks? Because what I think is wild about this this game is. And they, and he, Sam Lake has always borrowed from from sources, you know, flagrantly, and had. I don't think that's bad. Yeah, he doesn't. But this hide game borrows his inspiration. Yeah, this game is so heavily the the follow up series to Twin Peaks, but also um, in the Mouth of Madness by John Carpenter. I mean, this is like I thought about that the entire time I was playing a I'm so. Can glad Can you, you bring you us that. up to is speed? Because I'm not familiar with it. Let Let me know when this starts to sound familiar to you. It is about a author who may or may not be writing books that have the power to change the world and reality as we know it but the detective like character in this noir who is chasing him doesn't believe in it until the world starts to change and he realizes that there is actually a fanatical cult around this author that wants to bring about a darkness that ends the world that does sound familiar yeah, a lot like Alan Wake <laughs> 2, the video game. Yeah. Yeah, it's very um, much Alan Wake 2, the video game. That movie's sick, by the way, if you have not watched this. Yeah, this that would like, be rules. It's also on, I think, Criterion and HBO Max right now if you want to stream it. Um, yeah, and I don't think any of that's bad. I actually think what has changed with Sam Lake and Remedy's games in general is <sighs> – like so many video games back in the day, it was we like movies more than we like games, <laughs> and yeah. we're just kind of cribbing from them and borrowing whatever cultural cachet they have. This, to me, does feel more like almost like, um, uh, no, not pastiche, but like collage. Like I am taking all these different pieces and then putting it into this medium and creating something wholly new. But like a collage, you look at it, you can clearly see that it's ripped out of you know, other sources. Um yeah. yeah. What Griffin, what did what did you think about the Twin Peaks stuff?
0: I mean, I found it a genuinely helpful um
3: like (laughs) foothold for trying to like follow what was follow what was happening. Uh some of that, by the way, if you're not a Twin Peaks stand like I am, um you you there are like layouts of buildings that are like the sheriff's department, the sheriff station is like eerie deja vu level crib from 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 Twin
2: Peaks and this is not a Um, new addition like Alan Wake 1 was also very clearly inspired by Twin Peaks as well as with Deadly Premonition I mean we could go on and on I I think that
0: this stuff is if you are sort of like if your eyes are glazing over I guess your ears listening to to this I, I feel like it is important because the vibe of this game is sort of the 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 star attraction of it yeah. right like yes. the mystery the mystery and the otherworldly stuff and the trying to decipher fact from fiction and what is a uh, you know the dark presence and like trying to unravel that stuff through uh you know uh t- tv commercials that you will find uh, and watch these like live action fmv sequences of uh like that is that is the hook here. for 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 my money, the actual sort of uh, you know survival horror gameplay stuff is decent. It's fine, but it is not uh, on the level of a you know a Resident Evil or it's an Evil so Within or sporadic. A, I mean, yeah. it's really, really. It's uh, a lot of walk. I was shocked at how much just kind of walking around is involved in both.
3: In both sort of storylines of of the game, okay. I'm really glad you're saying this, Griffin, because I really, I am really struggling with Alan Wake too. I really am. I, I, there is so much about that this game that is so much up my alley. There is so much about this game that is like so dead on for me tonally, narratively, like a, a lot of this stuff. There's like uh, individual puzzles that are like. There's a lot of really creative, like. Make you feel smart, but it's not too easy and it's not too hard. It's just like out there in the world and you solve it and it feels good.
0: Great scares. The, like great, great for,
3: yeah. scary moments. There's um. just too much time where the game doesn't necessarily care if you're engaged with it or not. Like there's there's so much walking around and a lot of it's like there's no compass on the screen or or mini-map stuff or anything like that. So it's usually like Checking your mini map to find out every 15 seconds at every yeah, it's real I found that to be really, really frustrating. And it was a problem, it's been a problem the entire time, and it really screws up the pacing for me. There's like you can regularly go 10, 15 minutes without something like really interesting happening. Um, and 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 I, I, I really, I'm struggling with that so much because I like the rest of it so much. And I would love to hear, especially like and Plant, where like where you guys are if you guys struggled with that at all
1: i did but i i want to hear from fresh before i get into my challenges because i i i I do like this game i have a feeling fresh will be best at capturing the enthusiasm of what's so special about it
2: yes it's tricky for me because i i I adore this game there are three games that came out this year that i will remember pretty clearly in 10 years and this is one of them uh tears of the kingdom and baldur's gate 3 are the other two And it's hard for me to divorce my passion for Alan Wake as a franchise, Remedy as a developer, from, you know, just judging this game without that, because so much of that passion drives me to, like, run through the forest somewhat blindly, looking for clues. When I find something, I get really pumped. Uh, When I find, like, every, like... Uh, you know, you mentioned the, like, cable access commercials that you find, like, or the radio stations that you'll find. I'll sit, in, like, in a room listening to a guy on the radio because I'm that... That's ing- the
0: highlight of the game. Like, yeah, that's the best yeah. shit
2: in the game is, and, that and, and I don't think, at least for me, like, I, there's never been a moment where I've been, like, it's been 10 minutes since I've done or seen something that was interesting. Like, I, I honestly, like, can't think of a moment where I was just blindly walking through the woods with no direction and nothing engaging anywhere on the horizon. Like I feel like there is a pull. It's not resident evil four in terms of engaging, but it, I, I think if it was that pacing, it would mess up the overall vibe of it anyway. Cause you don't have those slower moments. I, I just, I don't know. Again, it's just really hard to divorce my passion from it. And maybe it's yeah. because if you don't, have that history or you got that history from mostly just watching a recap it wouldn't have the same pull that i have in like exploring a old age home or something for like every little piece of art and stuff like that i spoilers now i know i go to an old age home later uh
1: so yeah here's we can talk about the bugs a little bit because i I have a suspicion that Fresh having the best experience here is mm-hmm. tied to the fact that he ran into the fewest bugs, mm-hmm. and and here's here's why. I agree with what you're talking about, Justin, and I was shocked how often I found myself lost in this game. And I don't think of myself as particularly dumb, but I was doing a <laughs> lot of backtracking. I mean, like kind of dumb, but not, you know, like, not like super dumb. I was doing so much dra- backtracking constantly, and there was a point where I was like, why do I just not know where to go? And I pulled up a a YouTube playthrough, and in the playthrough, just over the course of 15 minutes, there were multiple moments where, like, random NPC characters kind of, like, nudged the person in the direction of, like, hey, you should head this way, that just didn't trigger for me. And and what I realized, and, and there are many other issues that I had, including, like, the icons not triggering for me to be able to talk to people i had issues with the boss fight i had all sorts of things and what i realized the experience had become is this game works best as a theme park ride it works best when you, like any narrative game you can just go straight through and like ride the wave and what was happening on my theme park ride is it kept breaking down like every few minutes mm. and i didn't even know that that was part of the ride like that what do you
3: play what platform are you playing
1: on i played on pc and I was okay. on PS5, and I
3: had these problems. Um, and and you know what, Chris? I think, if I had to guess, I think that there is a direct line of that where I very early on had a situation where uh, a, a prompt would not appear for me, so I could not continue the story. I mean, it was like, done. That was, was it. I had to reload. Um But I didn't know that that's what had happened, right? Yeah. And this game is not that great (laughs) about, like, sometimes you have to go into your board and like figure some stuff out and then you can do the next thing. But sometimes you just, or in my case, in this instance, the prompt just didn't appear and I just didn't know. And I think I took away from that a sense of, well, I don't know if wandering looks like me, not like if, if explore, if this wandering I'm doing is actually helping or if it's just like i'm not seeing the prompt i'm supposed to see and so i'm just kind of trying to keep to the critical path as much as possible and not risk like screwing something up
1: and and ironically because the game is already so mysterious it right it's it's a it's a really risky game like when you have any of those sorts of bugs with a game like this it it really compounds it that said, I, I think, I can, and I'm like you, Justin, I can feel in my gut that I would love this game as much as Fresh would. It is actually, like, honestly quite irritating where I'm, like, getting mad playing mm-hmm. the game because I feel like I'm being deprived of something I know I will love. So the what I've made the decision to do is I, I got pretty far. I got to a, a point that Fresh and I had talked about that we're actually going to end up not talking about on the show because it's a spoiler. Um, but I'm going to put it away after this and I'm going to go back to it at Christmas when I think that there's going to be like plenty of patches and mm. whether it's the PC version or the PS5 version, I'm going to just start over from the beginning um, because I, I, I personally do not want to muscle through at the risk of like continuing to be irritated with it. Um, knowing that, like I said, it, it, I, th- I think fresh is right. Like I think there's a brilliant game here. I would say for people who are listening if you are a diehard fan and you can't wait, like definitely. But i I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea to wait even a couple of weeks, um, because patches come. I mean, I think there's already been like four patches for this game. They're coming in fast. Um, I, I
3: would like I would like to if I can before we we move too far along. I just wanted to say because I I was that is the most I've said about it. I just wanted to enthuse a bit to kind of balance out. Yeah, the frustration that I spent uh, so much time. This is a really the fact that this game is made in 2023 is like really makes me happy. Like the fact that something this weird, it it not only is weird narratively, mechanically, like it doesn't it, it it asks more of you as a player than a lot of games in this genre do. Right. We're like, where's the screwdriver? Someone needs this. You need the screwdriver to open the lock. Where is it? You don't know. You don't know where the screwdriver is. Look around for it. No dice. This can't be right. And then you find a note somewhere that's like, hey, I was using the screwdriver on this right over here. And it's like, oh, shit. But the game wasn't nudging me to that. It wasn't making it glow. It wasn't Saga saying, I should maybe look at the picture on the ground to see if it has these screwdriver clues. And I think it's so cool uh, mechanically to have something that has you engaged like that. But also like the narrative, there... There are layers of like meta to some of the scenes in this game Uh, without to keep it like context free to not spoil anything. There is a scene where the actor playing Alan Wake is playing Alan Wake in a video clip on a fake TV show where he is joined by Sam Lake, who is the creative director of the game, pretending to be. A creation of the author in a movie adaptation. Hmm. P.S., it's not his voice, it's a different actor's voice. But P.S., P. <laughs> that combination of actor and voice is Max Payne. Is Max
0: fucking Payne, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this
3: character basically, we all agree, like, it is Max it's Payne. Max right? like yeah. Oh, Payne. unquestionably, that, yeah. That is uh, so, like, and that is also happening in this same scene. It is. Unthinkable, wild,
1: and that same character is in the saga universe, a FBI. (laughs) it's a real person. (laughs) Yes,
3: yes. That shit. And he's by the way the movie adaptation of the novel that that Alan Wake does not approve of.
2: And I think what's really cool is that this is not new for Remedy. They've basically been doing levels of this since the first Max Payne came out in like two thousand, whenever that was. And the fact that they've just further leaned into it in, like, outrageous, unexpected ways is...
3: And further leaned into giving themselves more of a verse. (laughs) Yes, I love that shit. I love that. Give me all those fucking crossovers you got in stock, please. This has made me feel guilty
0: for not
2: finishing Control. I finished
3: Control, but I didn't play the Alan Wake DLC, which I heard was not good.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's not very good. Watch a video instead. (laughs) Yeah, just watch a video. Control is a great game, but the DLC was not very
0: good. I, I wish that some of the man this i i bang this drum too much on this show and i worry that it makes me sound like a a, a real fuddy duddy but uh i the open world stuff in this game i i am just constantly sort of frustrated by uh because i there's a there's a, a big forest that you explore where lots of, you know, murder and scary stuff happens and at a certain point a bunch more of the forest opens up and it's like I'm going to explore before I go and do anything else and so you can walk around and you know find hidden lunch boxes and get manuscript pages which is like a currency you can spend to upgrade your skills in some of the m- most sort of <laughs> banal methods imaginable like the the mechanical upgrades in this game are pretty wild, like, oh, the last shot in your pistol will have 10% increased damage. That was worth the 15-minute, like, trek I some spent of the, up the waterfall I will say, some of the Some of the upgrades the are much
2: better than that. Like, pretty impactful. That,
0: that, I, I'm saying that, like, the traipsing around stuff is, it has not been worth it at all, especially when... You know, I I went deep into the forest, explored it all, found all the lunch boxes that I felt like finding, solved a bunch of neat puzzles, and then I was on the opposite end of the land from the parking lot I needed to go to, which was a full blown, uninterrupted like ten minute jog through a forest where nothing happened, just so I could get back to my car and drive drive home, and the same in like the Alan Wake stu- like uh, areas. There's just a lot of just like, oh, there's some new spots on my map I can go run around and check out and get some upgrade points that are not especially exciting when all I want to do is watch clips of this weird fictional triple fictional talk show and like
2: dive into the story. I of mean, it. for what I, it's I, worth, I, I get the sense that you could beat the entire game without any of those upgrades for what it's worth. I, th- I absolutely think but he that didn't put
3: them in the game. They did. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying is, well, is
2: I wish that it had focused
0: more on what is cool about this game. Cause there's a lot that's really cool about this game and it is not stumbling around an open world and backtracking and doubling back to find things that aren't, aren't, meaningful or cool or exciting in any way my Um, my only
1: counterpoint to to that because i agree with a lot of it is i think the actual things that you do in these open areas that are optional are quite cool and i think what you do the game opens with saga's story the fbi agent and when this extra area of the woods does open up i think what you find there sets up what is going to happen in alan's story really well yeah i almost and vice versa like you you yeah. get
2: the same thing the other way around y- yes yeah trust me you uh, yes. do yes yeah it definitely No, i'm they, not talking they... about a thing
1: you get i i actually don't care about but the other point of this is like i don't care about any of the rewards for any of this stuff i i think the story things that you're doing are interesting enough that like again it, it, it somehow it felt worse when it, you would do something really cool and it's like and here's a charm that does blank, and it's like, oh, well, I, I didn't actually need anything. I just kind of enjoyed getting the story. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I I, 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 think we're probably getting close to time. I, I do want to say, Sam Lake's career increasingly reminds me of Damon Lindelof, in that I think it like started with some very like, very well done, but very like mainstream meat. I don't know, like fodder entertainment that, that sounds meter than i'm talking idea,
2: about max but... Payne specifically yeah and and and, I mean, I and I it's, think max even... Payne is not even though it was kind of at its surface a, a, a mainstream game it's extremely not like it really isn't if you go back and like i think
0: if we were to poll our audience and ask who among them have played The Max Payne games, I think it would be a a a staggeringly low percentage. Yeah, sorry, we're old. What
1: what I'm what I'm saying is, I don't think these games are like especially well written, (laughs) and I and I don't think the stories are especially rich. I think that they're aspiring to do those things, but I don't think that they're like they're there in Max Payne. I think Alan Wake gets closer. I think each game is getting better and better, and I think they're also getting better integrating. I I, you talked about this earlier. I get so irritated
3: when. a a piece of media is so much about another kind of media that I'm just like, well, why don't I just go do that? Like, if you love books so much, just write a book. I I feel like they're doing a better job of finding what's special about an interactive
1: electronic product. being in conversation with it rather than just holding it up and saying, isn't this cool?
2: And And they actually have tried the isn't it's cool in Quantum Break and it really didn't work. And I think this is much more- a much more smart way to integrate those two medias in a way that like feels consistent with what they're doing and feels like fun and its own thing.
1: Yes. And, and the reason I mentioned the Lindelof of it all is I think if you look at something like the leftovers and how it plays with the genre, I think you see a lot of that here. And I think if you look at Watchmen and how it treats, treats a familiar property, but then does its own thing, even though this isn't officially a Twin Peaks game or a Johnny Carpenter game, it is borrowing about as much from those texts as the Watchmen TV show is borrowing from the comic and then going off and doing its own thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's doing it in a very, like, mature and thoughtful way. I, I Yeah, I, I just think it's great whenever you can see a writer. Uh, it's not so unlike Stephen King himself, who is, at the end of the day, the, like, the very center of this text, um, who I think just has gotten stronger and more interesting the more he writes.
2: Yeah, man. I yeah, I feel this I feel a
0: weird feeling about this game, which is right. that I have not enjoyed large swaths of it, and I'm probably gonna go back to it just to keep d- trying to unravel the the many, many threads of it. And there's like a, a sense of dread I feel where it's like, Well, I'm not gonna fucking like
2: a lot of the I, I'm I'm feeling the same way. Stuff. I mean I really I
3: I yeah,
2: I'm I'm struggling with the same thing. I would recommend Mm, it's hard to like give any pro tips but i think for what it's worth from a like a if you're trying to like rationalize what should i focus on in the game or where will i get the most out of it um i think (laughs) the saga stuff when you're at a certain point you can choose which character you're playing as if you're looking for like more of a twin peaks in the quote real world of twin peaks not in the whatever that room is in twin peaks the weird room Play a saga. Saga, you will do like weird stuff where you'll like walk into a bar and someone will be fi- singing Finnish karaoke on the stage and you'll just stand there and watch them singing karaoke. Um. So focus on Maybe Saga you stuff. Will. if I you're looking for, to find
3: and bullets to shoot.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for more lore, Alan Wake, deep divey stuff, the Alan Wake st- uh, parts of the game do a lot more of that and are more, I guess, action- Heavy to some extent. But you're going to do both and, of them, right? Sorry? You, you have to do both by the end if you want to finish the game. But also,
1: I'm just going to say it before fresh can, play Alan Wake's first mission before you play the first mission from Saga. Once you were given a choice in the game, and you actually oh, started Saga,
2: you should switch over to Alan Wake for one mission. Yeah, um, it's basically then after then you do, do whatever through, you want. It's the sequence after you do the subway stuff with Alan Why Wake, which is the tell first. tell me
3: this, Russ, before I... Did the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Why didn't you tell me this? Why are you just telling Plant? Why didn't you tell me? I don't
2: know. Well, I, I knew because I, I read. Wanted you guys to call. play the game as much. As, I think I honestly think Saga's chapter is also really effing good. So I think you're fine either way. Um, okay. But the, the it, Alan Wake thing is a very Justin moment okay yeah, well, yeah you know i like things very that are focused moment. on myself and, and, and for what it's worth you can actually you don't need to wait for like a chapter break there's a lot of save points in the game where you can switch at will there's like a puddle of spilled coffee and you stare into that for a while and you'll switch over so just keep an eye out when you whenever you enter a save room this game is fucking wild i've like i really hope that you guys uh stick with it as it sounds like you might um and and i do agree for what it's worth if you're running into bugs wait a month or a month and a half, whatever it's going to take, and I'm sure a lot of the um, rough edges will get smoothed out. I want people to have the best possible experience in playing this game because it's extremely special, and there are very, very few of them. For for what it's worth, I am playing on PC, and I have
0: not experienced any of the bugs that
2: that's good that hear. y'all have talked about. Yeah, that's but, good.
0: You know, you're
3: my good old very... normal American boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: not since books. <laughs> Nonsense books.
3: Uh Wake is not books level boring. I will I will say it's more fun you, than
1: books. Should we take a break and then talk about? Uh, let me see. It says Kojima and Remedy. I can't imagine that'll be a controversial conversation. Let's find out right after this. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is
2: rocketmoney.com slash besties this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture in their house You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. So real quick, I just wanted to kind of dive into something that we kind of touched on a little bit in the first half of the show, which is... You know this game is like one of the l- like last maybe triple A weird fucking games that we're gonna see for a very long time, and I think the only other studio that is putting those out come from uh, K- Kojima Productions and his stuff. But it kind of bums me out that this is like because video games have become so expensive and so risk adverse that like we just don't see these anymore. And I don't know how you guys feel about that, whether you want more of this stuff or what e- how do you even make more of this without it being like a huge money sink?
0: I mean, if every game was or more games were like this, I feel like it would dramatically reduce my interest in continuing to play Alan Wake 2. I think it is the the exceeding strangeness of this and, and uniqueness of this game that makes me play it, it is the only reason I play Death Stranding, uh, is because I was like, wow, I've never played a game like this before. I don't like it, but it's 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 different. <laughs> so I'm not exactly chomping at the bit for more for more Death Stranding. I think I've said that exact sentence in several episodes. We have some recently. reader mail for you coming up. Oh boy, I, I actually, can't fucking wait.
3: I think that uh, a lot of these, you know, if you want to use the term auteurs would be better served if they would work in smaller projects, more contained projects. I think one of Kojima's most, like, 100% successful things he's ever done is PT, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that is ostensibly a very small contained thing that had this whole life outside of it, but it is as big as it needed to be to get across the ideas that he wanted to do. I feel like a lot of times... Uh, creators end up straddling this gap between like the budget that they want which requires a certain size of thing and doesn't necessarily like that's not necessarily the scope that this idea needs to be it's just what it needs to be to be like a quote unquote $60 video game in the year of our Lord 2023
2: yeah I think I agree with that the good news is that I think this quote weird genre whatever we want to call it is so well represented within the indie space and smaller projects that I don't necessarily mm-hmm. need a big name studio director with 200 people working under them to produce these sorts of games all the time. It's just interesting that like for AAA, they're almost not, they're almost dead, like nearly, nearly dead. And so I'm getting enough weird game stuff out of indies. I'm like very, uh, satisfied on that front. It, but it's the AAA part of it that I think is the most yeah, interesting I, about this. I,
1: I think the funny part there is you said 200-person studio, which at this point, I don't know if you're talking about the indie studio or the AAA studio. Because I, mean, I would there expect are no, a AAA. But that's what I mean is like things are, are so weird right now and with that term, you know, like indie. There are there are these mid-budget games that are, are coming out. I mean, we have a Stalker 2 coming out you know, at
2: some point, hopefully, in early next year. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. The, the, the word indie I'm is not necessarily representative of anything. Um, uh, Mostly, it's just a scale thing. I, I wouldn't necessarily... Yeah, and, and I'm not not trying to be pedantic. I'm actually saying I think that... you're. I think you're
1: validating your point by saying that, which is that, like, all of this has gotten so messy. I think even things, you know, whether they're good or bad for the industry in the long run, but, like, the Game Pass of it all in streaming services you know Xbox wants to release more games now Netflix does too and you have these companies that just want to have a certain cadence which means they're not looking you know they have two businesses they have the living games business which is the really big thing that needs to live forever and then they have the thing that's like hey this is 10 hours and we want you to play it this weekend and i i would hope that that will lead to more stuff like this i mean I, i'm sure fresh there are games that you can think of on game pass that that meet that
2: yeah i mean as i was playing it i forgot to mention the first half of this actually psychonauts 2 is a really good analog to this game because you're right mechanically there are some aspects that don't 100 land but because it's a super weird b like auteur led um and that's not just tim schafer i mean like the whole team each individual level in psychonauts 2 felt like its own standout experience and thing and that has a lot of analogs to this, but I think Psychonauts 2 is the last of that giant project that Double Fine is making because of the nature of Game Pass, not necessarily yeah. encouraging a ton of 30-hour whatever games. If you look at a lot of the
3: stuff that's coming out in streaming these days on TV, a lot of it does not, would not have made sense in the network template, Yeah, right? You think about how many shows that I watch regularly are like, a season is six episodes, right? A season is eight episodes. That would have been unheard of 10, 15 years ago. Like, it just, you'd be a mini series. Like, it's not, that's not a television show. And I'd like to see game, it'd be nice if games could start to find some of those, you know, those experiences too. Something with like AAA, you know, funding behind it, but like in a much more contained, Uh, What's funny is that
2: I think they've tried in the past and I think that they've tried in the form of like episodic releases and that has never gone well. Yeah, the problem is to spin up a project that is like a triple a scale project is to kind of commit and like you're committing uh, X amount of resources to support this thing. And if it's going to be a two hour experience that's going to sell for whatever 10 or 20 dollars, you can't necessarily get that ROI back. So it is this mm. weird, like, synergy of business and I, creativity that makes video game development, like, so fucking hard. I, um, I, I, I would say, like, kind of two
1: notes on that, though. I think that's less and less true because of Unreal and other engines getting so much easier to use and just allowing for AAA
2: fidelity this is the north engine for what it's worth this is not unreal i I did want to correct one aspect oh yeah thank you thank you thank you you're right they haven't been forced to switch yet (laughs) um
1: which hey maybe that would be for the better for bugs um but anyway what, what i mean by that though is it is easier for very small studios to make big beautiful 3d games if that's what we're talking about so i i think it is possible to make smaller things in a way that people couldn't in the past. There's only one other thing I just want to clarify because I know there's a certain type of person who's listening to this. And here's a saying, auteur. The auteur theory is like not... It's not even possible in video games. Right. But but I think, I think what we all are meaning here is these are games that put creative first mm-hmm. on every level before they put like whatever the publisher wants or the marketing team or anything else. Yeah. Um, like... Every every level has creative people empowered to actually make decisions that are coming from a place of, like, genuine vision and not just, hey, this is, like, what's next on the docket. How do we get I'm monetization prob- into this or
2: whatever? Yeah, I'm yeah, actually yeah, yeah.
3: probably misusing auteur also to not – like, I am – I think what I am talking about more is, like, a narrative-first approach that straddles – the lines of the medium, like straddles uh, TV movies, whatever. Um, because yeah. I, obviously there's a lot of auteurs that are just mechanical, right? So
2: you wouldn't even re- yeah, I really, I think Stardew Valley is as an such. auteur game, for example, like,
1: well, that's a great point. Yeah, for sure. Yes. When you can be literally one person who makes a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Anyway, I, I, I agree with you. I think this is an interesting conundrum. I, I do wonder if it's that different than the past. You know, like, I can't even think of a whole lot of games that had big budgets, I don't know, 15 years ago, that were as weird as this. There were more games, but were there games this weird? I mean, it's one of the weirdest fucking games I've ever played. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's pretty weird. Yeah, and same with Death Stranding. Like, you know, Kojima was making Metal Gear, which, don't get me wrong, weird. Metal Gear Solid 4 especially, but like... Death Stranding is like a, a whole different level. Of, uh, I think it's so weird. I think the weirdest thing of all this is that there's a Death Stranding
3: two that's happening. <laughs> Do you know? I agree with you, Justin. The, the I think the studio heads were like kojima-san baby people love carrying <laughs> shit around get back to the dev terminal baby i the fans are clamoring for it the pack mules they demand this it. this is such get back a good out segue there, baby. another carrying game this
2: is such a good segue justin well done we have reader mail coming from <laughs> s slifer jam or slifer jam i guess uh i'm in the camp of people who love death stranding and are looking Hell forward yeah. to the sequel. The desolate world and lonely atmosphere of the game combined with the strange sense of community from seeing all the other Porter's buildings and messages was, delightful, was a delightful juxtaposition. The credits of the game even have a section that lists the names of all the other players that uh, you helped and helped you. I totally agree. Mr. Scratch was trying to use his
3: words to shift the narrative of how good Death Stranding actually is. Every step, every bit of hollow praise brings me closer to the dark place, but I must go deeper.
0: Uh, um, yeah, I mean that stuff's cool. That stuff is kick. Ass. That stuff does kick ass. I agree. I love a lot. I love a lot of this stuff.
1: About Death Stranding, except the playing of it and the and <laughs> love having to, one love Rito. Of the greatest things about Death Stranding is how the critical reaction to it and just everybody's reaction to it is changing for the better, and more and more people love this game. And, and at the same time, it's just that, it's not
3: that people love the game
1: that is so weird to me. It,
3: Plant it. it's that <laughs> it's <laughs> it's that people finished it, and then the people with the money were like. Kojima you're starving them baby yeah, get Justin, back out they gotta eat Justin, they gotta carry more new things I guess Justin, I know you
2: know what happened which was Kojima showed up at the house and, and they were like oh boy okay so we did Death Stranding it went good we liked the weird stuff with the baby what do you have on the docket next and Kojima was <laughs> like buckle the fuck up and <laughs> just drew it two on the board <laughs> I will play Death Stranding 2
0: if that is genuinely the sales pitch if the if the pitch for Destiny 2 is Kojima had some ideas that were far too wet and wild. <laughs> first Death Stranding one. Big or
3: heavier, more unwieldy. If it, it's Death Stranding. So, in the
0: first game, Norman Reedus drank his own piss that turned into Mountain Dew. What happens in the next one? <laughs> just you just you fucking wait.
3: <laughs> Big news, baby. He's Prego again. And yeah, it's twins.
0: Here we he, go. He makes twins out. He shits out a whole McDonald's. And
2: other players help with their own shit. <laughs> and uh, twins. <laughs> Uh we have a couple more uh emails. Uh this comes from Katherine. Uh as a Canadian, I resented the implication, stated that we also mangle the pre- pronunciation of Mario. So apparently it's not okay. hashtag not all Canadians uh say Mario. So I apologize okay. to uh you the know, well a- as somebody who has family
1: from Canada, I can tell you that it's pronounced La Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> Legally they have to pronounce it that way, both ways. Um
2: Uh, We have one more uh, letter. I should say uh, these are all from the newsletter in the comments. So if you want to submit questions and thoughts, uh, do it in the comments of the newsletter at besties.fan. This comes from Nancho Man. Definitely off topic, but have have any of you played Shadow of Doubt yet? It's a procedurally Mm. generated detective mystery with an insane amount of detail and the sort of emergent stories you might see in an immersive sim or something like that. I have a feeling some of you would have a super fun time with it. Also play Dwarf, Dwarf Fortress, you cowards. We're not going to play Dwarf Fortress. I'm never. too. I did never. play it. No, hey, oh, I did it. play it. It scared didn't me. Didn't like it. No, it wasn't didn't good. like it. This game looks dope as fuck. Yeah, though. I I've yeah. seen trailers for this game. I've been kind of following the development of this game. It looks super fucking sick. Um, I think it's still in early access. There's a part of me that wants to wait until it hits like a 1.0 release. But I think we will definitely at some point play it, and because it seems like our kind of jam. Okay. Uh, do we have any honorable mentions to discuss? I just wanted to say that uh, I uh, I finished
3: the Sisters Brothers is a book. They made a movie out of it. Oh yeah, the book's great. It's a uh, sort of like if you like Coen Brothers stuff, or yeah, that's probably the best. The b- best analog, or just sort of like uh, it's funny and dark and. Uh, Really well written. It is like it, you could tell every word is like very thoughtfully chosen and it's it's a genuine joy to read. I really, really, really enjoyed it. It's called The Sisters Brothers. It's a western about two brothers who are hitmen um and their sort of like journey uh through the West. I also wanted to say I one hundred percent Spider Man two. Wow. AMA. Were you 100%.
2: disappointed by the lack of funny costumes in the unlockables? Uh, yes, I think a lot of the costumes suck in that. In, in just Spider like Man normie, they're, they're like yeah.
3: normie costumes. One I want silly costumes. Oh, uh, yeah, you got to give me bag head. Let me be fucking Spider Ham. I know you got the polys in there. Let me be Spider Ham. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I thought, but I thought the like narrative beats for the rewards were like they were all pretty good, they were all pretty fun. Uh, there's even like a fun Easter egg if you. Get all the like uh, spider bugs or whatever their little spider drones, um, and uh, I thought the end of the game was really well done too. I just think that's a great fucking video game. Yeah, they it's did a good just, job. Just a really good, really good job. I I I I never do one hundred percent of a game, and I I just
2: and they made it very easy for what it's worth everything you need to 100% it is in the game you don't need to look anything up it's all (laughs) yeah like babies could do it (laughs)
3: sorry Russ um I there are power there are things you can get like items that that help your help you find some little little oh and there's one of the little uh oh my god I have to tell you this in case you're trying to do this there's one of the EMF experiments, which is like Peter Parker's little science chemical things that you can't get until you beat the game. So do not spend time <laughs> swinging around looking for it. Cause it won't be there until after the game is over.
0: Um, I, I played through and finished all of sea of stars. Yay. Uh, I did. to have been waiting for this Griff. Yeah. I did the whole true ending stuff. Um, I, I really, really liked it. I'm very glad that I went back to it. Um, I, I maintain that the writing is the is the weakest part but I think I reserve that mostly just for um, the dialogue. Uh, the the characters in the game are great. the world building that happens uh, largely through these like stories that you can uh, hear while you're like camping out with all of your teammates are very very cool. And I found myself getting like really invested in this connected world with, The messenger um like it this this game is telling a gigantic uh story it is it is a sliver of this like huge ongoing parallel dimension spanning uh conflict uh that is like really really fascinating and that it doesn't really uh it never really betrays the idea that you are a small cog in a much larger machine uh because the game's ending is is i think on paper a little bit um, I don't know. I'm not actually going to get into that. I don't know why I'm spiraling so much. Uh all that to say is like I didn't play The Messenger and now I am going back and playing it just so I can uh figure out all of the connections uh between those two games, but uh yeah, really really enjoyable to play. Um I saw someone describe it as RPG comfort food. I think that's a very apt way of describing it. Uh but the the presentation is immaculate and uh once it got its hooks in me, I mean it took a Took a while to get there, but once it got its hooks in me, I, I felt um thoroughly propelled to uh to just finish the hell out of it. And I'm I'm really glad I did. It has made me want to actually go back and give uh Chained Echoes another shot, which was the other sort of classic JRPG inspired uh title that I think came out last December that I never put a ton of, ton of time played, into. You played that, Switch. right?
2: Didn't you? Which one? Chained Echoes. Chained Echoes. They all kind of blend together
0: chain.
1: for me. <laughs> I, think, I think you're thinking of Astral Chain.
0: Oh, no, yeah, maybe a totally, totally different <laughs> uh, jam. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like Sea of Stars. I, I, I feel like it is a, if if the writing had been as strong as the 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 presentation and the gameplay and everything else, like I think it would be a genuine masterpiece that could hang like with. Like, hang on the shelf with Chrono Trigger and, and, and the mini games that inspired it. I think it falls just short of that, but I also think it is one of the better, like, JRPG uh, inspired games that I've maybe ever played. So, uh, if, if that sounds like
1: your thing, I, I would recommend sticking with it. Hey, check your watch. Unless you're driving, then don't check your watch. It's November time, which means it's not Halloween, but it's not quite Christmas. It means it's time for Paranorman. The greatest November movie outside of planes, trains, and automobiles that you will find Paranorman rules, and I want to make it a seasonal thing for as many people as possible. For a, non, for a non-season, for a for, gap between no, seasons. It, it, it's Paranorman season. Yeah. It. Oh, okay. It's its own season. <laughs> it's P.S. <All> right. <laughs> yeah. P.S. I love you, Paranorman season.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good movie. I, I enjoy it quite a bit as well. I, I have another movie recommendation. This is Venture Brothers Radiant is the Blood of the Bamboo Heart, which is the Venture Brothers movie. Uh, I think it went straight to digital. It released uh, earlier this year, and now it's on streaming. Uh, you should not watch it if you've never watched the Venture Brothers TV show. It is extremely the Venture Brothers TV show to a T. Um, but the that show essentially got canceled, and this was their... I guess last hurrah, unless they decide to make another movie. Um, but uh, it's, it's great. I love the show. I, I think it's, if you're a fan of um, Harley Quinn, the new Harley Quinn series, uh, I think it's totally very similar. And uh, it's great to see all those folks back together again in that very complicated uh, and funny world that they made. Harley Quinn has, has Ron in it. Does this one have Ron? Mm, I don't think this has Ron in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know yes. how many friends of pod, uh, of Besties uh, are in Venture Brothers, but if, uh, I don't know, one of them listens, please write in and let us know. Okay. Well, that's a podcast, right? Yeah. That's a whole podcast. No argument here. Um, next week, what's going on? What are we doing? We are going to be playing a little game called Metal Gear Solid 3, which we can what now play fuck? because... It was re-released as part of the uh, Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume 1. Uh, but this
3: is not the remake of it? This
2: is not the remake. That is like oh at God. least a year out, if not more. Perfect. This is the original. We can. <laughs>
3: oh, I hate that. I hate Metal Gear we Solid. We
2: can judge it. And this will <laughs> probably be the last one we do for a while, because I have no idea how we would play Metal Gear Solid 4, Wait. which is only on PS3. Justin, I, I assure I, I think you're going to be
1: okay. Justin, Metal Gear Solid 3 is the fun one. It is the fun menu one. You
3: Navigator. If you love going into menus and adjusting your camouflage every 10 seconds like you're
2: checking an Alan Wake 2 map, this is the game <laughs> for you. <laughs> it's the fun one. So we're going to be playing that. Uh, please join us for that uh, fun time. Justin will be way more positive than he might be. I inclined. got the shits. Can't come to a podcast. <laughs> Justin, Sorry. last time
3: you said this. It was Sea of Stars.
0: That's true.
2: Now that was one I had
3: no no no. no.
1: That was ignorance. This is stubbornness. <laughs> it's okay. two different things. Hey, speaking of tummy
2: things, I think we should wrap up this episode. Wait, Just I want to know, know. Yeah. I need to thank the following people for writing reviews to the SDs on Apple Podcasts. We have Hot ha- Ross made me read this. And Total Ross and Taco Cruncher. I don't know what's going on with the Ross stuff, but that's fine. I guess I'm Ross now. <laughs> Um, but thank you um, for writing reviews and subscribing to the newsletter besties.fan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. Be sure to join us again next time for the besties
3: because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games?
0: we